0: Hey Peacenicks, today's guest is Chris Kuape, author of the book Parlor Wales: a city hall brawling borderlander's memoir of drug prohibition's collateral mayhem and how to use America's most powerful weapon to conquer substance abuse. Chris was a wonderful person to talk to. He offers another perspective in this awful thing called the war on drugs, the perspective of someone living on the border, someone who has lost people to violent deaths. He watched Mexico change from a nice place he'd drive to for lunch when he was growing up to what it is now. He has some new ideas, new to me at least, for treating addiction. It's actually ancient Chinese medicine. It's an herbal drug you can buy at Walmart called Curydalis. That's C-O-R-Y-D-A-L-I-S. I'm always skeptical on herbal remedies to problems, but that's probably my bias as an American consumer who's been manipulated subconsciously with endless marketing campaigns by Big Pharma. I looked into this Curidalis and yes, I'm now interested. A quick Google search, Curidalis and opiate addiction, and this popped up. The extract of the plant Curidalis Yanashuo, Yanashuo, I think it's called, prevents morphine tolerance and dependence while also reversing opiate addiction, according to a recent study led by the University of California, Irvine. I'm going to look more into this. So if you like today's podcast, you can order Chris's book, *Parlor Whales, on Amazon. But if you can do me a favor by doing Chris a favor, if you like the podcast and want to read his book, resist the temptation of the Amazon app and go to his publisher's website and order it there. I ordered it and it only took two minutes. You could save one minute on Amazon and that's cool too, but instead of putting those extra bucks in Bezos' pocket, put it in Chris's pocket by ordering it from the source. Parlor Wales by Chris Kuape, that's C-A-U-H-A-P-E, and his publisher is Dorrance Publishing, D-O-R-R-A-N-C-E. Okay, so we have our first affiliate that has reached out to help the piece on drugs. We're going to try to make a few bucks so I can keep this train rolling. We're doing big things, great guests, spreading the word, changing people's perspectives. Our next step is trying to gain some funding so if you want to help support the podcast and would like to try a hemp cigarette that doesn't taste like shit, that is their official motto. And this can be for any reason. You want the medicinal effects of the CBD without the psychoactive effects of THC, or maybe you want to quit smoking and vaping nicotine and want a less addictive alternative. Maybe you used to smoke and miss having that, the occasional cigarette after work or with a cup of coffee. But if you're like me, every time I would just have one here or there, it quickly turned into a regular habit. These hemp cigarettes have no nicotine or tobacco and may be just the thing you're looking for. It's actually cool that Chris, today's guest, actually brought up a study that found people who use tobacco, but also regularly smoke cannabis, were less likely to get lung cancer. So I read an article about this um, and something on the topic, it explained how cigarettes cause cancer and why cannabis didn't seem to. And I remember not long after reading the article, I got a chance to share that knowledge that I hope was correct from the one article I read. It was, um, I believe, in a respected magazine like Time or something. But um, I'm standing in line at Guitar Center, and behind me are these two younger guys, late teens or early 20s, and behind them is a man about 10 years older than me. And he's explaining to the young man that cigarettes only cause cancer because of the additives that the cigarette companies add. If you roll your own organic tobacco cigarettes, then you won't get cancer. Now, while there's probably a little truth in organic tobacco without additives causing less cancer and being less addictive, it is in no way true that tobacco by itself grown organically won't cause cancer. So I looked back at the young man and I just gave him a quick shake of my head to say discreetly, that's not true. Like, don't listen to him. But also, it was gesticulated in a way that a more mature man may have recognized in the subtext. Like, also, I don't wanna have a public debate with this guy either. But the young man immediately pointed to me and said, this dude is saying you're wrong. So I thought quickly and I just said, I said, I I just don't want these guys thinking, you know, if they smoke American spirits, they can't get cancer. I was like, if it's only the additives that cause cancer, then why do people who smoke nice cigars, which are 100% pure organic tobacco, even wrapped in the leaf with no paper, still getting mouth cancer. And then I thought about the article I read and I, I told them about it. I said, when, when tobacco combusts, it, sets on, it you know it, it's, it's set on fire, it releases carcinogens. This is why vaping is theoretically safer. Vaping is heating below combustion, thus not releasing the carcinogens. This is the same reason they say eating too much charred meat from the grill can cause cancer, because the char is created by combustion. Uh, Cannabis also releases carcinogens when when it's burned. However, the THC acts to slow down the carcinogens, making them far less dangerous. Again, according to this article I read, do your own research before living by this idea. Now, with tobacco, there is an opposite effect. The nicotine in tobacco is a stimulant and thus actually accelerates the carcinogens. And this is what makes tobacco so dangerous and why possibly smoking cannabis would would decrease the risk of cancer. So anyway, that was a fun debate because I actually won it without a fight. The older dude didn't have much to say. And I ended you know, to them with, you know, no matter what you hear out here in line at stores or on my podcast or wherever from, from me or from some guy, no matter how much we sound like we know, always do your own research. So anyway, if you want to try a healthy alternative to, to tobacco cigarette and or just want to try a hemp cigarette, or just want to support the podcast. Go to sugarcali.com. That's S-U-G-A-R-C-A-L-I, sugarcali.com. They are a new non-tobacco hemp substitute cigarette company out of California. Again, their motto, finally a hemp cigarette that doesn't taste like shit. They have three uh, three flavors, original, peppermint, and vanilla. I've ordered one of each. When you check out, use the offer code peace 15 that's P-E-A-C-E-1-5. peace 15. Peace15. And you will get 15% off your order. That's sugarcali.com. Offer code peace15. Okay, peaceniks, peaceaholics. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's go down to the border with Chris Coap.
1: America's public enemy number one in the United
0: States is drug Drugs abuse. are menacing our society. Any thoughts on the drug problem. Great time doing drugs. So, tonight, from our
1: family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us.
0: This is the Peace on Drugs. On drugs. So how's everything in Florida? Everything's good down here. Um, we've been busy, super, super busy for the last uh, two years, basically. Uh, where are you at? India, California. Okay. okay.
1: Where they have coachella you ever been to coachella no oh
0: um i can hear it from my house <laughs> we say coachella like the the, me, the yeah me, oh yeah no I, i've actually always wanted to go out there but we have bonnaroo here and some similar well not here but that's the one that's in tennessee and that's the one that, um that i've went to you're United in lauderdale are you in lauderdale i'm across right across from lauderdale on the other coast in fort myers Oh, okay. I went to Florida once. Yeah. I it's... went to, you know,
1: I'm the only native Southern California that's never been to Disneyland, but I've been to Disney World. not that crazy? That is crazy. I've never been
0: to either one.
1: Ah, all right. <laughs> You've
0: done me one better. <laughs> so I ordered your book and then it, um, something happened and i i ordered it again and it just it's not here yet so you're my first oh. author guess where i haven't had an opportunity to read your book i'm gonna keep read on it. ordering keep on ordering <laughs> yeah. but when, i want to talk about it and i'm because uh, of the subject matter i think we'll be able to go yeah. right into it but you can explain it to my guests. it's parlor way. Oh, first how do you pronounce your last name quape got it all so right it's, it's catalan not spanish
1: not french catalan gotcha okay what's how do you say akulas
0: Ak- akulas akula i said right what kind yeah. of name is that that is lithuanian um, Lithuania. um my, my family is german um french i mean german and irish english but my uncle's side of the family is lithuanian and i took his last name for um because i'm a musician so it was kind of a stage name but um also oh, yeah. taught me music and i kind of was a a big role model in my life so I used his last name and that's kind of what I went with I was a radio announcer
1: for a while my my air name was Chris Cross Chris Cross and then
0: someone else stole it yeah right yeah cuz that was 73 when I did that 1973 the original Chris Cross I'm going to have to put that on the podcast the original <laughs> <laughs> like Bad Bob the original Bad Bob <laughs> All right great so um yeah, so I uh, also thank you for doing this. This is awesome. I'm hey, glad that I've, been,
1: here. I've been waiting. I'm very glad to do something like this.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um, I, I'm a talkative sort. You're what? A talkative sort. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. So um, your book is Parlor Whales. Yes, it is. And um, so
1: so tell me a little bit about it. Well, yeah. Uh, People ask me, why did I write it? And I could just say, the short answer is because of eight murders. I've had uh, neighbors, employees, and relatives murdered in drug situations. I feel like I'm uh collateral damage in the war on drugs. I feel like I live uh, on ground zero, which is along the border where I've lived all my life. It is ground zero in the drug war it's really affected the border area more so than any other part of the country i believe because when i was a younger i went to a college that was about 10 miles away from mexicali and we used to actually caravan to mexicali to eat chinese food by the way they have the best chinese food on earth in Mexicali. we would caravan down across the border, eat lunch and come back and finish up the school day. Take about uh, five minutes across the border. Uh, now it takes anywhere from two to five hours to cross, come back across the border. And that's all because of this uh, zero tolerance, which I've been, come to call a uh, 100% intolerance. It's just ruined the Cross border business there, plus you know all the other things that go along with it. Yeah, and it's, it's
0: destroying the country down there too. The whole country. Oh man, it's just it's
1: night and day what it used to be, and all the violence in Mexico. I mean, hell, I've had violence around my house here. I've had then uh, three hundred yards of my house, in the last since nineteen. I've lived here fifty years in this house. First twenty years was. Oh the last 31 years have been had uh all in all 30 shootings, uh eight dead. Uh beside that's aside from the relatives and employees I was talking about, had uh can't remember the car burglaries we've had, attic theft. We've had four home invasions. Uh, the last one, a beer drinking buddy of mine, the, the invader pissed the whip desire up. Oh, you know, shit. it's just, yeah,
0: it's, it's, you know, it's just. Uh, now these people it, it, that are breaking in, are they drug seekers? These are people that can't afford their habits and are breaking in to steal things or are they part of the drug uh, gangs?
1: Well, no, they're more or less uh, just addicts. You know, yeah, getting money to give to the pusher man mm-hmm. so they can get their stuff. There's a methadone clinic within about a mile of here. We get a lot of traffic through, but uh, that thing there. See, what I advocate is what uh, you know, why give them methadone? It's just a replacement drug. Once you just once you want to give them the real thing, give them
0: heroin like they do in uh. Switzerland. You heard about Switzerland? Yep, the Switzerland program. As the, the they said, the auto thefts went down fifty five percent, violent crimes went down like eighty five percent, and then uh, drug dealing went down ninety five percent. So you, you know why drug di-
1: drug dealing went down? Actually, the average age of the of the novice uh, user went up by five years and after eight years of the program, and uh, the instance of instance of new addicts went down by 83 percent and uh you know they they uh just everything went better for them and then you know england had the right after world war one england put their people that got addicted to heroin for pain during the war put them on a you know prescription program just come to the chemists they call them over there and we'll. Fix you up with some heroin, whatever whatever you need. And in 1948, when the uh, when the National Health System came on in uh, England, they gave they were given free heroin. By 1997, the uh, United States kind of bullied, them, I would say, into switching over to American prohibition style. At the time, all of the all of the addicts in London. It, the number was a thousand and sixty four in 1971 when they went off the british system as they called it and by 1991 uh, uh assaults were six times what they had been 20 years earlier burglary was seven times what it had been and the number of addicts went from one thousand to three hundred thousand and that proves the point of my book the the, the one of the Wales in the parlor that no one wants to talk about. It's an actual fact that uh, be, that uh, hero, uh, the, the drug abuse is actually more prevalent because of drug prohibition. And dr- see, drug prohibition, like, like in Switzerland, the people that got in the program, at further, they took the 7% of the hardcore people in the program into the HAT program and uh, see, multi level marketing was invented in the illicit drug market about 30 years before Neutralite and Amway and all those people got a hold of multi level marketing. And the, the number of addicts in, in Switzerland after one year, uh, nine, it, was a, it was about 90% of them quit dealing. They didn't have to deal, they were getting their three free, free jolts a
0: day at the clinics. Exactly, because they were dealing to pay for their habit, and they were willing to sell to underage kids, and that's where you get the age difference when people, older people, start using, because younger kids aren't—they have nowhere to buy it. Yeah, right. Plus, uh, you know,
1: the, you know, the, the the multi-level marketing system is the reason that drugs have proliferated. What we had here when we started this thing back—well, uh, this month it's 107 years that we've had national drug prohibition. Since the Harrison Act, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, the only reliable uh, census of drug users, drug abusers, was done by a fella named Martin uh, Wilbert in Pharmaceutical Journal. He actually used scientific method. All of the other estimates that you hear about it, what the addict population was in 1915. They're all, mostly yellow journalists' uh, uh, estimates. But this guy actually took the the imported stuff because heroin, you know, opium and cocaine were inherited, were not inherited, were... Imported? <laughs> imported. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, imported. And they actually had it. the only people, there weren't any illicit labs making anything out of this stuff. It all came from the pharmaceuticals. And uh, you know, just he got an accurate, uh, pretty accurate idea of how many addicts there were in the country, and it came out to about 250,000. The Center for Disease Controls puts that number at uh, 32 million now. Wow. We've got 148 times, or 128 times what we had when we started this thing, with only three and a half times as many people. And as far as kids are concerned, we only have twice as many kids nowadays because families are, have gotten smaller in the last 100 years. But uh, uh, I saw an estimate from a fellow that uh, that, that was a uh, sir, chief surgeon at uh, San Quentin prison for 50 years, from 1912 to 1950. And uh, he did a survey of addicts, right? Right in 1914, 15, 16, he did this survey And 99% of the people who were addicts in St. Quentin prison at that time started using it at above age 15. And you you know about the monitoring the future uh, survey that the University of Michigan takes? No. Oh, every year they survey, well, since 1975, they've been, uh, University of Michigan in conjunction with the National uh, Institute, Institute on Drug Abuse, since 75 they've been uh, monitoring uh, high school students as to drug use and uh since 1991 they started uh, with eighth graders well uh in 2019 the survey came out that 20.4% uh, of the eighth graders had already abused an illicit drug in their lifetime and that's not including alcohol, tobacco, or inhalants, 20.4%. You took the population of the uh, children that were born in uh, 2004, I believe it was. Well, it's been pretty constant, a little over 4 million. That year, the year that made those kids 14 was uh, live births, according to the vital statistics. Was uh, four million two hundred sixty-six thousand. If you multiply that times twenty percent, you come out with and seventy thousand kids using. Now that's uh, about three hundred and fifty times as many as what was <laughs> what we're using it back in nineteen fifteen. So wow. I, I I would just say that maybe drug
0: prohibition actually causes drug abuse. Well, the, the things that could cause drug abuse would be, you know, the, the problems that we're having with um, globalization and the job loss. But the thing is, is the, the availability of drugs for kids is what's changed. So when they're when they feeling pain and their families are struggling, they're able to go out on the street and score these drugs that wouldn't be there if they were controlled and regulated. And, well, they, go ahead. They, if they wouldn't
1: be there if they were the same prices, you know, if they didn't have the inflated price because of the prohibition. I found out what uh, when Bayer introduced uh, heroin and aspirin, they both they introduced them both in three weeks apart in the winter of uh, 1897 and 1898. They both used the acetylization process to uh, make the product out of them. And so they both came out at the same time. They both sold for the same price, uh, which was uh, eight doses for a penny. You know, wow. you can still you can still buy an aspirin for a penny in this country. You can wow. buy an adult three hundred twenty five milligram aspirin tablet for for one cent. Heroin's a fifty milligram bag here goes for ten bucks. Be like going to the grocery store and buying a loaf of plain white bread, and the clerk would want to charge you fourteen thousand bucks for that. That kind of a markup. That's crazy. Of course, it's, it, it's getting that way anyway. It seems like I know everything's <laughs> going up. It's crazy. And then they want to sell you a bag here in California. They make more money selling people plastic bags at the supermarkets. Yeah, they've sold sold us bags too. Um, yeah, but that the it, you know if they could get that price back down
0: to where to where it's on par with aspirin, I mean, who in the hell would want to sell it? exactly and and that's one thing the doctors uh warned uh, when harry Anslinger was the first criminalizing um the heroin heroin stopping doctors from being able to prescribe to addicts they said well they're, they're going to have to go to the streets and the markup's going to go up to where they can't afford it and they're going to start committing crimes to be able to afford their addictions and all of that came true immediately as soon as they yeah. pushed them to the black market
1: yeah it just uh, well the reason there wasn't a big proliferation right after the the Harrison Act was because right away we got in, we were right away, 1917, two years later, we got into World War I, got out of that the year after that, and then it was the roaring 20s, but then the end of 20s, we hit that Great Depression, then World War II, Korean War, I'll tell you, I was in college when the, the GI Bill, Vietnam GI Bill, started sending checks out to veterans. That's where the that's where the drug exposure, I call it the big bomb. you know. Essentially, the war on drugs was lost. Uh, November first, nineteen fifty-five. That was the day that uh, Dwight David Eisenhower, President of the United States, sent the first troops into Vietnam, after the French had left because they lost. It took uh, another what thirty years to get us, to, or yeah, twenty, 20 years. years to get us yeah. out of there, but. Uh, yeah, I was in college, you know. And i I'm, I was a child of the Reefer Madness. Uh, there was a couple other movies that came out in the '50s. High School Confidential. You ever hear of that one? No. Yeah. Well, it had uh, Jerry Lee Lewis was a rock star. I had him playing the piano on the on a flatbed truck coming into this hip school about 1958 or so. Well, these kids all got. Into drugs and it just just as stupid as as uh, reefer madness. And then the other one was the cool and the crazy, which is absolutely ridiculous. More it's more deserving of ridicule than than the reefer madness. But I was a child of that mindset, and there I am seeing these guys come back from Vietnam. And they're, saying, "Hey, you know what I did over there?" In Nam? You know what, man, I was uh, smoking marijuana. Oh, yeah, smoking marijuana. Yeah, the, You know, you're going to end up taking heroin. You're going to end up in the car. Ah, baloney, man. That's, you know, that's, that's not true, man. And, uh, you know, after a while, they convince a lot of their classmates, you know, because you, you get curious about something like that. And then you go and take it. If it works out for you, you know, hell go home, show little brother that's in high school. Hey, look what this stuff is. Ah, that's bad, you know. But, well, I grew up on the border, you know, and uh, it was a little different down there. There was uh, there was, uh, quite a bit of, fact, uh, you know, uh, Cher, Cher, the singer-actress, mm-hmm. she was born in El Centro down on the border. And uh, come to find out her father was a heroin addict, truck driving heroin addict. And why in the hell would anybody come to El Central in 1946? You know, Well, the reason was because it was a lot easier to score your dope in Imperial Valley in those states than it was like in a city. Plus we uh, some, there were some towns in uh, Imperial Valley at that time that were just wide open say like like uh there wasn't much uh, there were i remember i was a little kid and, you know little kids are fascinated with snakes and i, I was I, I could read the newspaper when i was eight and i saw down there uh imperial county sheriff uh bus open opium den I thought, oh man, opium! Oh man, said, mom, what kind of a snake is an opium? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I thought it had to do with snakes, but yeah, they they finally cleaned it up about uh, 1954. But uh, yeah, the 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 guys coming back in from uh, from Nam were the ones that set off the drug explosion in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. That was
0: a the big bong because it wasn't as prevalent. I mean, it was just it was unheard of. Especially it was all, also though the um there was the acid explosion in San Francisco Bay Area, correct? Right, that was about right. the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that, and that started with a pretty peaceful movement with hippies wanting to do acid, but then and the, and the CIA with MKUltra was, was tr- trying out all of these other drugs, but amphetamines became yeah. very popular. And then the, the whole peace and love turned into some shady, some, you know, oh, yeah. we're selling drugs and stealing from each other. And, and that's what the government wanted was break up the peace and love movement. They're anti-war. We don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah they were, it was, a. Uh,
1: it hadn't changed much, <laughs> 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 you know, they don't want anybody, you know, stepping out of line stepping out of line you know you can't you can't step out of line exactly but, uh, yeah the the psychedelic thing that was uh
0: that was uh actually that that, uh, that was
1: legal for a while until they so but they did another reefer madness on that thing you take that lsd and you'll stare at the sun till you go blind
0: oh i know and then there was those old shows i was watching one where the detective was interviewing a timothy leary type character and who was explicit he's like your books are telling people to uh, eat lsd he's like it'll open their minds and they were having a debate and he's like what about the kid who ripped out his own eyeballs to stare at his own face and he's like the reality he saw then is bigger than anything he'll see in this reality it's like that kind of stuff never happened. And you're making it sound like it's a legit debate that's going on. Nobody would defend someone ripping their eyeballs out and nobody would rip out their eyeballs. But this is the stories that they were putting in the pop culture to like scare kids. I was scared of LSD before I did it. I was like, this stuff is, you know, it's going to make me go crazy for, I could go crazy for the rest of my life, which there's sort of some evidence that possibly if you're a schizophrenic have that gene, it could happen. But for the most part, I mean. These are all just government lies. And it's like they should have an honest discussion. Drugs are not completely safe. They are dangerous. They can ruin lives, but have an honest debate. Don't tell us a bunch of stuff that's not true, because then we're going to have to go try to find out for ourselves. Well, you know, nowadays, uh,
1: the the truth is hard to find. <laughs> Seems like very hard to find. But, uh, you know, the problem with drugs, like uh, the uh, one of my... Uh, little catchphrase, right? In uh, fact, on the front of the book it says, uh, now is the time to drop the tranquility bomb. That's how you're going to have peace. On. The only way you can have peace on drugs is by dropping the tranquility bomb. Okay. Tra- how do we do that? <laughs> yeah, The tranquility bomb uh, consists of, of course, decriminalization and universally medicalized maintenance like they do in uh in uh switzerland which is now done in germany denmark netherlands canada i mean it's catching on but uh and research the most important thing is research Mm -hmm. in fact uh let me read you an excerpt from the book here it says Oh, there has been no improvement in addiction treatment since Alcoholics Anonymous came on the scene in the 1930s. It is extremely likely that traditional Chinese medicine as practiced 200 years ago was more effective at addressing addiction than the predominant therapies of the 21st century. Hey, did you hear about Dr. Cervelli's uh, finding at UC Irvine? Last October, they've actually. I've got a This stuff here is an ancient Chinese medicine, like I, like I, uh, like I wrote about in the book two years ago when I wrote it. It's called uh, the Chinese call it Hu suo. When administered, co-administered with morphine, according to this doctor Cudelli's paper that he put in the pharmaceutical journal. Uh, when co-administered with uh, any kind of an opiate, it prevents the body becoming tolerant. So in other words, you can get the same bang for the buck if, out of codeine, heroin, morphine, whatever kind of an opiate you use with this. Without the tolerance. With this Corridalis stuff. I right you, you can buy this at Walmart.
0: C-O-R-Y-D-A-L-I-S or dallas that's it yeah look it up on the computer there well, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna research That's that's extremely interesting and that's because that's the biggest problem people use the drugs to ease their pain that high helps them get escape from whatever troubles they're having or sometimes they just enjoy the way it feels but then the problem is they start doing it too much and then they have to have it and that's where the you know the, the struggle well, they, have,
1: they have to increase the dose
0: yeah that too to keep them at the same they can
1: actually wean people off another uh research thing in 2016 up in the uh, University of British Columbia, Vancouver. They uh, they uh, genetically engineered some some uh, mice with the intention of, of making them more prone to addiction. Well, they screwed up. <laughs> they got a, a little uh, litter of mice that came came out uh, impervious to cocaine addiction really you hear about that one no yeah yeah that's a uh, University of Vancouver you can look that one up University of British Columbia at Vancouver and I forget the the doctor's name oh God but anyway uh, that was 2016 actually uh, the National Institute of Health which loans all the money for this research they just they're just so damn stingy when it comes to anything that has to do with addiction of course they're they're pretty much a the puppet of the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. which sees no dollar signs when they think about addiction medicine
0: you know uh well, right. they, they they did see dollar signs with the, when they were prescribing oxycotton, and they, <laughs> yeah. and so they should go back to prescribing that for or something like that to addicts, and use that. Like, they could make money on it if they were to do it the right way. Well,
1: it's my contention that we should just divert all the money out of that they were using on this uh, cops and dopers game they've been playing for how long? Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. When are they going to realize, realize it? $58 billion work.
0: a year, every year, and it doesn't work. We have more addiction problems than ever. And that's what I've brought up on my podcast is how much money would the American people be comfortable spending? If let's say a trillion dollars would fix it, would you be First, versus we could just not spend the money and treat addiction and have that problem solved immediately? Well, the,
1: the thing is that it's, a, it's an actual, it's an actual, uh biological it's 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 not a psychological disease it was uh it was discovered in 1990 the drd2 1a variation gene by U- ucla psychiatric discovered that and that they found it to be present in 60% of the addict population yet only 10% of the general population that was 1990 uh, they've discovered dozens of other, uh, genes that are responsible for different types of, uh, addiction. Uh, actually, uh, they, uh, oh, let me read you the, the other i ex- I'm only going to read, Was talking about tough love. The tough love theory assumes that addiction is a selection. It is not. It is a compulsion. Addiction is an anatomical disease that occurs in genetically predisposed individuals. Addiction is triggered when an individual is matched up with a substance determined by that, that particular individual's genetics to cause immense pleasure and uncontrollable craving in that specific individual. It is anatomical because those genes are present in every cell in the body. It's an anatomical disease. Those who think it's evil, you know, this debate of, is it a disease? It's a disease,
0: you know? It's, exactly. It's if, if somebody couldn't work because they had uh, a health issue that, that like MS or something, you wouldn't yell at them and tell them to, you know, to get a job. It's a, yeah. And then you get, you get into the, to the,
1: I, I'm pretty active by a city here. I've run for city council a couple of times. Thank God I never won. Uh, but, uh. Actually, I got into the into a blue ribbon panel to figure out how to to fix this. The streets were in disrepair here in this city. So I got the city clerk to go get into the archives there and to get a pie chart of 1960 is the year I used because that was the year of the federal census and that was pre-bomb. That was before the soldiers came back and turned everybody on. But uh, our city here, uh, one in seven dollars was spent on street maintenance and repair. And by 1997, which was the year I was on the panel, it had, it, 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 with the uh, linear mileage and tripled. We had 1960, we had 50 linear miles of speed. By 1997, we had 150. Yet the, the percentage of street maintenance repair money in the general fund budget was uh, one in one in two hundred dollars as opposed to one in five or one in seven so i thought man this what, this is crazy i have to go back and see what what the difference is well i found it guess what it was what's that police expenditures police expenditures wow it was it, police expenditures was one in five dollars when when street maintenance was one in seven by 1997, it was three out of $5. Wow. So I, I, I said, boy, that's interesting. I wonder if that's true in any other cities. I called the archivist in the city of Los Angeles. Uh, their percentage in 1960 was 11%. In uh, 2019, it was 43%, four times. And said, you drive around Los Angeles, it's, there's a few, few potholes in the big city. But, mm. uh, it's just about the same any place. they they we're getting to spend too much money, and the, the local politicians depend on endorsement by the police officers' association, mm. you know, to keep yeah. So the the local politicians, you know, they 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 keep on giving them raises and raises until they're sixty percent of the general fund budget
0: yeah and see that's that's why i supported the defund the police movement in, the, in that we need to defund the certain aspects of the police movement basically the drug war but yeah. that when you call it defund the police it immediately angers people that don't understand yeah. what, what they're talking about it's like we're not saying stop paying police officers no we need police officers but we don't need them kicking in doors and swat gear for uh for a war on drugs that can't be won and that's where a lot of that money goes is, is stuff like that all these they have we militarized the police they have all these weapons, some of them have you know helicopters and uh you know flash grenade launchers. Crazy stuff. Yeah, the the
1: it's come to the point where like here in, they've made all these cities are dependent on big box stores and then high retail, high retail sales to 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 augment their their tax base so they can pay for the police force. We don't need to defund the police we need to get rid of these stupid laws that cost so much money and make things worse it's made it worse why do we have 128 times as many drug addicts as we had because we bought all these police and bought them all their gadgets and gizmos.
0: (laughs) and then you get into the forfeiture oh man (laughs) oh yeah that's that's actually i don't know how the supreme court allowed that to happen that's a complete violation of what our country stands for take okay. stuff and, and, they, and they don't even have to take it for drugs. They can say it's for drugs and you have to prove it wasn't for drugs. And a lot of people are too poor yeah. and the cost of a lawyer is not worth what their car was worth. So they're just going to let the government keep it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, what, what happens to that
0: money? The, the, actually there
1: was a, the, there was a white paper done on this or actually, It was part of the law that six, 6% of that money has to go to victims of crime. Now the uh, the uh, uh, Ariano Felix, Ariano Felix brothers, Tijuana cartel. When they caught them, they got two brothers fifty million dollars each for, uh, with for with a profit port with the asset forfeiture, and then uh, the other brother was a hundred billion hundred 100 million and then when uh, the guy that turned the guy that put the finger on El Chapo Guzman. Uh, Sambada from uh, Sinaloa. Sambada, they his part of his agreement, he forfeited that 1.37 billion dollars. And you know the DEA operates on three billion a year. That was half half of the Yeah. Month. Yet they they're, they only returned six percent of the victims of crime. There've been 300,000 people at least murdered in Mexico over this baloney that's been going on for 107 years. Where, I had an employee that was was murdered by Adriano Felix Tijuana drug cartel down in Mexicali. I had an employee that was that was uh, tortured and murdered over there. It ended up being a quintuple homicide. It was, he was with another fellow that actually the fellow actually uh, he uh, there's a dry lake south of Mexicali and a lot of people go out there and Run their four wheels, you know, Baja 500 and all that kind of thing. But this cat, he saw he saw a plane go down, and he he rushed over there, and uh, the pilot was dead. But he saw he had some packages, and his light bulb went on. Well, I know what that is. I can sell that, and he threw it in his pickup. He's running around and he got Mexicali, trying to sell that. was Mexicali he's only got two hours out of Tijuana. It's kind of like. Uh, you know there's a lot of interaction between the two cities nice. right so, so uh they figured out that one, he had this he got it. ariano felix finally caught up with this guy my employee was with him along with two young ladies they uh they torched the car with two la- two young ladies in there they were they were machine gunned to death the two guys were torched tortured and then uh, the fellow that found the bodies about a month later, he was also murdered. Wow. You know? And the family, you know, they're, they're collecting a billion and a half mm-hmm. dollars from all of them. What do they get for losing, you know, four innocent, well, three innocent people,
0: four yeah. would count the so guys. 6% of a, of a take goes to the, the victims of these things. And let me ask That's, you this one. That, that, one. Is, that is what I call tyranny in its purest form.
1: They're sending out purse snatchers, uh, strong arm robbers to collect taxes, to pay for the police force. That's, that's tyranny, man. Yeah. I don't want my tax collector to have IRS written on his badge. You know, I don't want some perch snatcher. I got, I got knocked over in the street right out here by a couple of thugs right out front of my street there. But I, I got like a photographic memory as they did a U-turn to get back to the Main drag there, I got their license plate. Well, they caught him. Uh, two FWC three four six. That happened in nineteen ninety one. I still haven't forgot the plate. But uh, the guy had just the guy had just gotten out of prison and and had uh, embezzled his mother's car. He wasn't wasn't supposed to have it, but he ended up doing three years for what he did to me. You know, I never I never got any out of that thing. I've I've lost about $10,000 in attic theft over the years. Uh, uh, I didn't get anything for that. Man, where's where's my cut? You're you're taking this money away from these guys that are supposed to be criminals and drug dealers and all this. You're supposed to give 6% to the victims. Where is it? Yeah, they,
0: they say they use it to, to continue the fight against the drug, the drug fighting the drug war. But the truth is, and we all know the truth is that the DEA doesn't want to win a war that would put them I out of business. Know. Nope, absolutely, the DEA would be DOA, mm-hmm.
1: you know, which it should be. Yeah, it's it's a worthless. It doesn't.
0: It it, it,
1: it makes the problem worse. It does. It and makes-
0: also, I, I was reading something that said that the DEA, when they they take a lot of these seizures of these big properties, they'll actually negotiate with the with the higher ups in the drug cartels and and basically it gets them out of a prison sentence. It's like, well, you won't do prison if oh, you yeah. forfeit this much, but the, the young people who are just trying to feed their families, they're going to spend a lot of time in prison, but the people who are making the money, they're going to avoid prison by just giving the DA a cut of the drug sales. It's basically what we're talking about here. They're getting a cut from what they're fighting.
1: Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a, it's the old, uh, kingpin, queenpin, princepin, you know, that, uh, the the kingpin never gets burnt man it's always the, the lieutenant down there that i'll turn in all my lieutenants that's i talked to a judge here he said there was a plane going to the airport out here nose dived into the airport but everybody was safe but uh, there was a couple of pretty well thought of people including a guy that was a pastor of a church up in riverside He had a load of marijuana and those this back in the 60s i guess but, uh, they all got off the hook. According to this judge, he said they turned in all their lieutenants. They did the time. And these guys got a slap on the wrist and got scared a little bit. That's all. Wow. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> that's that's crazy. And the oh, whole, it's
0: just so much corruption there. I mean, it's just, and that's what you're going to get when there's an illegal trade, it's all going to be corruption. That's, that's yeah. how it's going to run. And what we've done to Latin America is just,
1: it's, it's not a bad neighbor policy it's just plain evil what we've done to them and and then we blame them we I know. blame them we call them we yeah. call
0: them we call them criminals and rapists rapists and rapists and, and, rapist and drug dealers i'm yeah. quoting a fella i'm quoting a fella yeah um yeah it's uh it's actually really awful and i feel like what we did, I mean, we we strong on them into into creating the black market there. They didn't want outlaw drugs because they saw the way you know prohibition worked with us. So like, we don't want that shit. Yeah. Well, we said, well, then you're not, we're not gonna allow you to have opioids from our, our, our pharmaceutical companies will, are gonna stop shipment from opioids to your hospitals if you don't outlaw them. So they they folded because everybody in the hospitals needed these met this medicine they outlawed it. And then immediately everything that they said would happen happened. And now we, now their country yeah. is completely in disarray. It was in like 2000. And I think it is 18 that the statistic was 33,000 murders in Mexico that year. And most of these are drug related. And, and then when, when they start to, trying to exile some of these countries that are being flooded by a drug chain coming from, you know, from South America up through Mexico, they're trying to refugees are trying to come up here. We're like, build a wall, keep them out. It's like, we, yeah. we created this problem. And also, why? Absolutely, and why? Why is the cartel so profitable? Because Americans want to buy drugs, and we make and we send them, sell them guns. So they they could have put, want to put a wall against us to stop our money and guns from coming down there. So we need to fix this problem and help them resolve this, not build a wall. We need to find a
1: cure, and it's all, here. It is, and they you know what? Nobody's heard of this. Nobody's heard of this. It's been since October twelfth. That's going to be that's uh, November, December, January five months five months and nobody's heard about this Corey Dallas.
0: i'm going to yeah. i'm gonna look into that i'm gonna research that the, and the, the doctor you know
1: the i've talked to some other guys uh the Scripps Institute there's a Scripps Institute in Florida what, what city is that in What, what is it called Scripps Institute they do research
0: i'm not sure it's probably uh, uh, it could be any one of the colleges honestly
1: well there's the famous one is out here in San Diego they're connected with the one in Florida uh, they came up with a methamphetamine, PCP, and uh, and cocaine uh, vaccine. Scripps Institute did in 1999. They haven't had the money. They haven't gotten the money out of the National uh, Institutes of Health to to do human trials in 23 years. A wow. heroin uh, and and in 2013, they ended, they came up with a heroin vaccine. Same story, and plus no no press, no media. It's like a secret. Look those up. I'm gonna look those up. The doctor's sure. name is the doctor's name is Janda J A N D A. What is it? J N D A. J A N D A. First name Kim, and the other doctor that was uh, Doctor Koob, K O O B in 1999. I met him. Uh, yeah, they they we actually spend million and a half dollars a year on drug smith- sniffing dogs and we spend uh two and a half million a year on uh drug screening And we spend less than a billion i did say billion right we spend less than a we send less than a spend less than a billion on uh research at least for every dollar we spend on research we spend $4 on sniffer dogs and uh drug screening.
0: That's absolutely awful. And another thing about the research is, uh, from what my understanding is, any research that's done that's um that doesn't go in line with exactly the, right. what the government wants to say is not <laughs> yeah. gonna happen. Like there was that rat experiment where they got rats addicted to cocaine and, and heroin. And that was funded by the government. And then somebody else created Rat Palace to show that if you give the rats other things to do other than just drugs, you know, you other rats that they can mate with, and you have things they can play with, they're not going to get addicted. But that kind of research would never get funded. The government wants nothing to do with it. We want to right? only prove oh, yeah. one thing. They have, they have an area. Yeah, they of like the, the 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 study
1: to to try and show that marijuana was equal to tobacco and lung cancer, and they found out if you smoke uh, marijuana and tobacco that your chances of getting cancer were less than if you only smoked tobacco. How how many people heard about that now? I mean, they're parlor whales. They keep that thing, it's a big old rotting whale in the parlor that, that nobody wants to
0: talk about, you know, these things need to be talked about. Yes they do and, and that's the thing every time that they would try to put millions of dollars into research to prove the harmful effects of cannabis yeah and every single time they would come back with nothing and they would, and then they would just shut yeah. down the research. They'd be, well, yeah. we did find some positive things like no we're ending funding. pot we don't yeah. want positive things. well, it cures this, it does this no. And the idea that it's been a schedule one substance since 1970 meaning it has no medicinal purpose is just ridiculous. yeah I had
1: prostate cancer here what year back. I took the radiation thing, and I was taking that, uh what that that black tar, marijuana, that uh, THC, like thirty milligrams. Ah, well, that cured me of prostate cancer, man. Really? That and the radiation. I mean, that's a you know, it's it's been a medicine for like like this, though. You know, they're gonna outlaw this now, oh, man. Oh, man. it's too easy. It's too easy on people. You know, let's make let's make life hard for people. <laughs> you know, they make it. See, everybody's a victim in this damn drug war. You know, you don't realize you're. you're like my wife and I went and bought an SUV here uh, January. We paid uh, $3,000, 3100 dollars in taxes. I figured out the then sales tax. The pre-bong 1960 sales tax, what it saved was 2,000 bucks on that price. So where's that extra 2,000 bucks? Goes to your, your 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 police force here. You gotta handle, they gotta go play cops and dopers. You know, when I was a kid, we played cops and robbers. Now they play
0: cops and dopers. That's a good point. And the thing is, robbers were something worth actually going after somebody that was, you know, violent yeah. crime. Yeah, now we're going after people because people wanna get high. And- and, um, and again, I, th- I think though, that the big point that we have to have with people who are pro prohibition is that we want the same thing as pro business, we want yeah. less people addicted. We want less people overdosing. we want less crime. We want to pay less taxes. These are all things that will happen if we end drug prohibition. Yeah. That's it on overdose. The Swiss thing, uh, 28 years now, zero, zero overdose, death. zero is the same reason yeah the same reason we don't have overdose in hospitals that use morphine because if it's controlled and regulated doses it doesn't kill people it's actually pretty safe it's actually safer than alcohol but um they don't want to tell people that they don't want people to know that yeah the, the the other thing is uh
1: like the the taliban you know the taliban uh george w bush in may of 2001 that was what four four months before 9 11. They, for their participation in burning down opium fields, he gave them $43 million worth of surplus wheat that we had. He rewarded the Taliban for burning uh, burning poppy fields, which they later found out had already been harvest, <laughs> harvested. <you know? laughs> of course they had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I just can't help that, uh, but think that, uh, you know, those, 19 box cutters that uh, Muhammad Atta and all his pals bought to take those planes down on 9-11. And that was paid for by by our surplus wheat that we gave the Taliban. But the big one is this guy and uh, this little sweetheart that lives in uh, North Korea that's doing all this noise with these bombs and stuff. You know where you got the money to do that? Where's that? It's in the congressional record, North Korea they're exploding all these bombs. Now they got the money. They they had the world's only methamphetamine, heroin, state run, state run, state run by North Korea, heroin and methamphetamine business. It, it was responsible for 60% of their export income. That's where they built these bombs and they, wow. they, they got the, they exploded. The first one, I think it was 2007 and they, 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 they they backed off on because they actually were growing opium or they should have been growing growing cabbage for their for their people they were <laughs> growing oh can't eat that stuff you know it's not very nutritious <clears throat> but he, they they quit doing it and then when when the old man died and this new young guy took over he he reprised the the business Said we got to go back in the heroin methamphetamine they're busting them in australia and indonesia i'll just you know
0: everything in north korea is owned by the state i'm wondering how long it'll take them if they're not already moving on to fentanyl production because china's produced has made a, a, a large percentage of the world's fentanyl came from china some of it was just precursor chemicals that went to mexico and then they made it there but there's so much money to be made in fentanyl because it's so e- much easier to ship in smaller packages and that, that's what's killing us now
1: but i can't understand why they want to kill their
0: customers you know um I, I it's not. They, I don't think. I don't think they want to kill their customers. If they get the dose, again, fentanyl is actually a safe drug if you, if the dosage is right. They use yeah. it in hospitals, but the problem is it's so potent that you you if some somebody buys it from the cartels and doesn't know what to how how to cut it correctly, which is happens constantly. <laughs> yeah. But there's also this thing that some people are so their addictions have gotten so out of control that they need something super potent to feel it. Yeah. So when they yeah. hear something killed somebody, they go, "Oh, that's the good stuff," and they want to go get it. Yep. Yeah, they, it's
1: just. Uh, you know that they, they and what they've what they've done in uh, guatemala what is guatemala salvador and uh, which is the other honduras they uh you know their their combined gross national products only at 125 billion and they see a hundred and some our our consumption here in this country is 150 billion and you know maybe a hundred billion of it comes through the central america there you know they're, they're piecing off all the cops and the generals and the politicians, they—they—they're actually they're de facto uh, narco states, and the people that are showing up on the border, they're—they're they're narco refugees. You know, they—they—I mean, I know a lot of people from Mexico and from my next door neighbors from Honduras, and uh, you know, their life's just terrible over there because of this. You know, if you got a nice looking daughter, they and knock on your door hey mister man you know we want your daughter for the casa de cita over here you know what a casa de cita is you know then you go to the cops say hey you know this gang guy came by he wants my doctor wants my daughter for the prostitution over there and uh he said hey you know what my hands are tied man these these guys are paying me more than what your government's paying me for this job you know, I got, it, I got two masters I'm serving here. I got to serve the one that's paying me better.
0: Also the one that will probably, you know, commit violence and kill you and your family if you don't play ball. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one thing I've talked about. Um I've been following people on Twitter. We've been talking about this is that um that the, the human trafficking is a side hustle from drug cartels. If you cut oh, yeah. off the drug money, that 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 business would go away, and it'll be a lot easier to fight that business because you wouldn't be able to pay off law enforcement if you didn't have drug money.
1: Absolutely, you start you start draining, you start you make that pool of money zero. Uh, for the where the cops aren't getting their their bite, they're gonna start arresting guys that are doing bad stuff. Exactly. exactly yeah right. there's no there's no money to buy them off man you know so and then they're going to do they're going to take revenge on the guys that stepped over the line during the during before they dropped the tranquility bomb on them you know <laughs> yeah yep. yeah they can they can straighten that thing out you know pierre trudeau was uh, the daddy of this guy that's uh prime minister of our neighbor up north and he, he said living with the you know, uh, you're sleeping with the elephant, you know, and he was telling about, you know, it's a so fineness they roll over at night, you know. Well, you know, it's, it happens in spades, and we've been treating Latin America like it was another part of the galaxy since day one, and it's about time we, we treated them with some brotherly action rather than, you know, stern fatherly action, letting their countries, you know deteriorate because of our habit here and exactly the, the real the real addiction is the the law enforcement addiction to getting all these big salaries and the cops get jaded after they're on the job for about five years you gotta limit it to five years you know and uh they you know i've i've, I've got relatives that are cops you know and i i've seen it in them how they now they change and uh they become, you know, they're not pretty people after a few years after, after they they're in that business, and it's just, it's just a damn shame that we, we can't see through that, you know. We need to, to solve the problem, not make the problem worse, you know. It's like, like the they're, they've been using a fire extinguisher on this thing, and come to find out the fire extinguisher is full of gasoline
0: yeah that's a great analogy metaphor it's um exactly we need to solve the problem and that's what we have to do is start paying attention to science that's what portugal did absolutely, they, they absolutely. Said look at the data see what what works don't just say well it's gonna work if we keep fighting it well has it worked in 100 years it, for 50 years since the you know the controlled substance act what we saw with prohibition of alcohol and how long was that was that like a tw- 12 13 years. years 13 years yeah. And so we saw how bad that happened well now we've had a drug war for 50 years and we and it's, it's that much worse than alcohol prohibition if if we you know alcohol prohibition would have gotten that bad if we let it go on as long as you would have had human trafficking um 33 000 murders in one country from drug cartels these this is this is real life people are living down there that's so yeah. tragic
1: yeah I, I, my father-in-law was living down there and he, he had to make a little fortress around his where he lived there cuz the neighborhood was just uh, you know as uh as in Mexico, it's mexico's just not the same as it was when i was a kid man i used to cross that cross that border 10,000 times in my life man and i used to feel oh man it was more peaceful over there boy not anymore and it's a uh, sad sad deal it just uh, we do that to our neighbors you know treat them like that it's uh, and we got a whole mindset on this "build the wall" build a... <laughs> God. I
0: know. I, I live yeah. where I live in Florida. It's um, there's like billboards that people put up that are like "build that wall," and it's like there's. I mean, I, I live in a really um, I don't know, just red area, and it's um, just uh-huh. flags everywhere, and it's just so it just bothers me. But it's just everywhere. It's where yeah. I, I almost want to move, but this is where my work is. So. Yeah, see, those people are anti-science.
1: Oh, of course and, they are. Uh, yeah it's just uh that's not uh you got to take a scientific approach to this i mean the science proves that it's it's not a character flaw to 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 be an addict you know the science proves that it's an anatomical disease why don't we uh put some money into research? we i mean we're just on the verge we're on the verge of solving the problem here with this with this uh stuff and the research up in canada and the stuff that's being done at the uh, at the uh, scripts and, and scripts in florida there's a lady that runs that well she's she's down on a lot of stuff there that uh, you might want to look her up if you get, uh, yeah, get the in i wrote that down yeah yeah and mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. but uh yeah it's just uh you know and they they like if you think about what about the uh, methamphetamine maintenance, like they do heroin maintenance, you know, you know, that seems a little iffy there, you know, because but do I, you know, has anybody ever scientifically explored the possibility of doing that?
0: Well, they actually methamphetamine is prescribed to some people for oh, yeah. so in pill form, it's and when you smoke it, it's a different thing, I guess, probably the same, you know, crack versus cocaine, same drug, but a different effect when it's smoked uh-huh. or snorted. Um, but the, the, I, well, again, we look at the science, right? Is there going to be meth clinics? I don't know. Um, I, I feel like we can get people off meth easier than heroin. Yeah. I feel like. yeah so, so, yeah. I, and so I don't know what that looks like, but that's what we go to our scientists. Don't go to our law enforcement, go to our scientists and say, how do uh-huh. we get people? I mean, but that's the thing. We've turned our scientists basically into healthcare workers and they're not. They're, 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 they're protect. This should be serve and protect is their motto. Well, that's not what they've been doing. No. Take, take and, <laughs> take and retire.
1: Yeah, live, yep. live the good life, 20 years in the good life. Become a double dipper. <laughs> it's that bureaucratic mentality of dipping. Dip, dip, dip. I'm glad my wife was a bureaucrat because she's her retirement's what keeps us going. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there pounding nails and doing whatever I could. And, you know no no nothing more than social security and that's uh that's a little skimpy especially when i do gas yeah, is like five bucks here now
0: there's that, a is that just recently from the re- ukraine thing yeah, yeah 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 ours is up to four right now yeah that uh
1: yeah that we, we really need to
0: get into the research
1: business and it's uh you know it's just it's always proven to you know take the march of Dines, man. That, uh uh president roosevelt got the ball rolling on that in 1927 he called it the the florida or no 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 is it georgia the georgia foundation anyway when he got to be president he he said "Well, we'll have the we'll do a different approach and they came up with the march of dimes that was in 1938 by 1953 they already uh salk had already come up with a with a vaccine for it but it hadn't been human trial uh you know t- by the time the first shots came i was a little kid man i was eager to get get that vaccine because that's that's what they used to use to scare us man oh that thing don't don't do that that thing's got that thing's been in the polio and they you catch that damn polio it's <laughs> the hell out of it you'd see people all wizard and with braces on and uh hmm you know it's going to be a happy day when they when they do come up with the cure man it's just it's going to change the whole world man it's gonna you know it's gonna they're not gonna have this money to be building atomic bombs and you know there, there's not going to be a a lot of you know a lot of the stuff that goes on behind getting money to supply keep your keep from getting sick man i mean it's just uh like here in my neighborhood it's it's not you know you drive by it looks like a nice normal neighborhood man but uh, i've been chronicling this stuff for what's happening it's just you know and then you get the cops get so jaded man that uh, you know that they do this profiling <laughs> california you have to wear a helmet to ride a bicycle a lot of the guys that go to the go to the methadone clinic they yeah they're riding bicycles. that's a profile now if you see a, if you see a guy that's over 18 riding a bike pull him over and see if he's got anything on him you know it's just yeah it's a, it's a to do that i'd i'd, I'd be ashamed of myself exactly the cop had to do something like that and I mean, it's that's not brotherly man that's, no, that's and that
0: wasn't supposed to be an except a drug exception to the fourth amendment you can't just stop and search yeah for- but that's what they do. They, they'll say, oh, traffic, if you have a tail light out, that's reason for me to stop you. And they, they, they have to ask, but ask could simply be, can I search your card? If they say no, they can say, well, I have a drug dog. Drug dog walks around, all right, now we're searching. That's an illegal search. I don't care which way you look at yeah. it, but the Supreme Court, there's been many state cases where the states have said that, that that was unconstitutional and throughout the case. And then the Supreme Court brought the case back and said it was constitutional because it was a drug case. And it's like, the Supreme Court has dropped the ball so across the board throughout this whole drug war there was a study done in
1: australia that uh, came out with the uh, sniffer dogs only 26% correct so they're missing on 74% of the stuff it so it's happening? not it's not a an absolute thing no, also, but that was a that was a scientific study. So we have to, you know, we can't pay any attention to science.
0: No, no, we don't like science because it it goes against what we're trying to do here. And we're trying to do is get as many people as arrested, get those paychecks. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: We, I got arrested on. We're talking about music festivals when we started. I got arrested on the way to Bonnaroo because I didn't know that these small town cops would pull over people who rented RVs on the highway at night because they knew they were going to a music festival. So they pulled us over, asked if they could search. We said no. They had a drug dog. Drug dog walked around. It didn't bark or anything. I don't know what the signal is, but they said he smelled something. They went in, tore our place to pieces. I had a little bit of pot on me. That's all I had. Because at the time, I didn't really smoke much, but I was like, it's a festival. I'll bring a little bit of pot. That way I can you know, smoke a joint or something. Come but, to California, man. <laughs> I know. Well, see, we have medicinal now. Yeah. and you know. But I've been dev- denied because of my marijuana charges. I've been denied uh, apartments before. And I was looking for an apartment. And it's like, so I can't get an apartment wow. for something I have a medical prescription for now. See
1: you here, Aaron.
0: See what you did to
1: yourself. <laughs> well, the other thing, the other thing here in California, we back in nineteen sixty, we had uh, seven California units: University of California, Berkeley, UCLA. Those, and we had nine prisons. We ran nine prisons on forty million dollar budget. Sixteen thousand prisoners, forty million dollar budget. You know what our prison budget is this year just take a wild stab a wild stab i would say this probably what a billion dollars now 17 billion dollars wow 17 oh, billion dollars we in in 1960 for every dollar we spent on on our corrections we spent 80 cents at, at the uc seven uc uh, universities at that time uh now it's for every dollar we spend on UC students, we spend thirteen dollars locking guys up, and as a result, they get these huge, you know, uh student loans. My son graduated from UC San Bernardino or Cal State San Bernardino in nineteen ninety one. He's twenty three years old. He's not going to finish paying his his uh, student loans. Still, he's fifty six years old that's child abuse man that's child abuse what we charge these kids money and who ends up with all the money the banks look mm-hmm. at the sky, look at the skyline on miami man before the bong <laughs> there was there wasn't much high rise there man just watch that movie goldfinger the tallest building in miami was the that hotel tropicana i think it was but uh that all that uh that the miami vice money that came in there in the 80s man all that money ended up in the banks man they're yeah it in duffel bag who, who benefited from it the banks and who are they make it pay for it here in california it's the students yeah it's uh um... you're gonna pay for it for the, they're deferring buying a house which i was outside anyway deferring yeah. marriage deferring having kids because of that. you know because they had to lock up their brothers and they had to pay for their brothers to be locked up now we have we, we have 10 universities i went to the dedication of the 10th when it was when schwarzenegger was governor it was in 2005. Uh, we hadn't built a new uc campus since irvine and uh, santa cruz 40 years prior to that and those intervening 40 years between the three colleges we built 22 state prisons 22 state prisons That's why we're spending 17 billion. That might, you know,
0: that's just too much money. Also, you have this huge homeless problem and and they cut so much uh, funding for homeless, uh, for helping the homeless, and then they built prisons instead. And I think Clinton actually passed one of those bills where it was like, we're gonna cut public housing by this much, and then we're gonna add even more money than we cut from that to build prisons. And, you know, with this Ukraine thing, I hear the word oligarch a lot now, and I'm thinking, yeah. like, well, how is our billionaires not oligarchs? I mean, they're they're billionaires with huge political influence, and they do. And what? Sorry about that. That's weird. Um, but uh, the, these, you know, they they have all this political influence, and a lot of them have invested money in prisons. So if you start rolling back the drug war, they're going to lose <laughs> money, and they're not going to stand for that.
1: Yeah the the but the homeless, you know, the homeless are. Eighty percent of crime and eighty percent of the crimes due to substance abuse. Ten percent of the crimes due to mental illness. So the other ten percent—that's all we need jails for because mental illness is is a disease. It's a genetic disease for the most part. Uh, addiction is about seventy-five percent of genetic disease. We need to get busy and find cures for those things, uh, like like in uh, Switzerland when they took these guys in and start giving them three fixes a day for nothing they, they they found places to
0: live they found jobs i mean exactly and you know the they, conservatives because it's a very conservative country they were anti this heroin policy at first now they're all they, for it you know
1: something funny about switzerland they didn't give woman suffrage till 1972 wow <laughs> the oh, limit didn't vote before 1972 <laughs> that's crazy they haven't fought a they haven't fought a war. The last time they fought a war, their opponent was named Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty smart people there. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Chris, I'm gonna um I guess we can wrap it up here, but it was really great talking with you and having you yeah. on. Um hey. parlor whales. I don't Amazon you, know right now.
1: If you don't get it today,
0: order it again. If you don't get it tomorrow, order it again. <laughs> All right. I, I'm looking forward to reading it and after I read it, I'll reach out to you. Maybe we can have you back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh,
1: dorance Publishing. D o r r a n c e. Do you recommend
0: ordering it directly from the publisher for my listeners? Yeah, I
1: get I get a bigger bigger chunk of it if you order it from the publisher. Done. All right. Dorrance. Hey, Aaron, man, i uh, appreciate the. Oh, uh, by the way, I'm having a, a book signing at rubens Ranch. Look that one up on the on the. He, he he's a he's a fellow that has after after concert parties for the stars at uh, Coachella.
0: Oh, yeah, cool. look that
1: up, Ruben's Ranch in Coachella. Yeah, that's where I'm, I'm having a book sign. Anybody that's in Southern California, look up Ruben's Ranch, and on March 19th, 6 p.m., come over there and buy a book from him, and I'll sign it for you.
0: Right on. That's awesome, man. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, I, I'm I'm very indebted to you. Thank you very much. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Talk to you Bless soon. You. Bless right. you, mister. All right. You too. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. 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 All right. Peace, Nicks. You know the deal. If you like the podcast, go on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, The Peace on Drugs. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter, go to www.ThePeaceOnDrugs.com slash subscribe. Also, don't forget if you're trying to want to try some hemp cigarettes, go to sugarcali.com, put in the offer code Peace15 for 15% off your purchase. Thanks for listening. We're gonna let Twiggy Branches once again take this away with Doctor get.